This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, designed to help you navigate the dynamic world of cryptocurrency. This podcast is here for anyone who is interested in crypto at all. Maybe you've already dipped your toe in the water, or maybe you don't know anything about it and this is the very beginning. Crypto Curious is a place to get started as we cover off all the basics that you need to know. But we recommend heading back to the earlier episodes to get your footing. However, if you think you're ready to dive in head first, let's do it. Hey everybody, my name's Tracy and welcome to this week's episode. Hey guys, how are you going? Very well, Tracy. Great to be here. Good, thanks, Tracy. <laughs> a lot of excitement from the guys. Earlier this week, Blake and I interviewed John Colin Young from C2 Super, and we spoke about superannuation and, in particular, self-managed super funds and how crypto can play a part in your super fund and in your future. So let's jump in and take a listen. Before we can dive in, we can actually get you to give some background and maybe introduce yourself a little bit to the listeners. Sure thing. Thanks, Tracy. Um, my name's uh, John Collignon. I'm one of the, the directors and founders at C2 Super. Me personally, I have been involved in self-managed super funds since around about 2009 in a direct capacity where we I started up a, a company that we, we built into quite a large SMSF administ- administration accounting and audit firm. I sold out of that business in 2017 and we started C2 Super. Uh, my brother and I are the directors and, and, and founding shareholders there. And we've been running that business now for about four or five years where we um, you know, specialise in uh, the administration of SMSFs, including the accounting, audit, financial preparation and annual compliance that's required for SMSFs. And so my background, I, I went to uh, ANU uh, in Canberra, did a commerce and a law degree, did a, started at Deloitte and then um, and moved on to, you know, in 2009 to start um, uh, the SMSF journey that I'm on that I'm on today and and here we are now talking about the latest area of of super which people are interested in which is um, cryptocurrency. So can you give us a bit of background on the superannuation system in Australia and how it actually works as I think um, we're pretty unique compared to other parts of the world? That's right there are a few countries with similar sort of pension schemes as they call them but our superannuation industry is a massive industry, a trillion dollar industry these days. But the, the thing that makes it a, an important um, investment vehicle is that up to now 10% of everybody's salary goes into this, this scheme, into superannuation, which is a, a huge retirement savings vehicle for, for Australians. You know, if you go back 30 years ago, before what used to happen is, especially in the government roles, you either had super or you didn't, but in the government roles, for example, the CSS, the Commonwealth Superannuation Scheme, or other government-funded schemes, you had 
it was almost like a um, well, it is it was a promise from the government that you know when you retire, we'll provide you an income stream until your death, and if if you if you die, then we'll pay your wife fifty you percent know, of your final salary as well until she dies. So. There were these extremely generous schemes that were, were running around 20 to 30 years ago, and they've slowly started to wind up, you know, will come to fruition now, I should say, with, and that's what the um, the future fund is, is, is there to protect a lot of these promises the government's made for super. But as you've seen around the world, the future fund is money the, the federal government, well, the governments are putting aside to fund, um, well, the future of Australia, but a lot of it's going to be used for to support the defined benefit schemes and, and pensions that need to be paid to all these people that are going to be hitting you know their retirement in the next five to ten years um, that's where a lot of the funding for that has been put aside to so uh, it's a massive fund to cover those promises the government has made but so I mean if you got on, if you got onto one of those happy days you know they they were um, you know, excellent super schemes but not affordable you're seeing that with countries around the world where there's all these Yes, if you think back a few years, Greece was an excellent example where the government promised them you know, huge salaries in retirement. And then when it finally came to pay, you know, the government didn't have the money to pay them. So you end up almost having defaults um, with countries and they're not able to raise debt and the credit ratings go down and things like that. So Australia moved away from that system 20, 25 years ago. They started to shift everyone to what more of an accumulation style of superannuation product where you contribute to the super fund, you make your own savings and in, in sacrifice of you taking home your salary as you normally would, will give you a tax concession and make the gains that you make within this new vehicle superannuation, you know, being a, having, a, having a concessional rate of tax. But you know, the trade-off to that is that they're forcing you to save because the, the government can't keep the old systems going. And that's how we've kind of ended up in, with this accumulation uh, style of, of super as to where we are now. And I think, John, the age has changed too. So what, what was it originally? What was the retirement age for men and women when it started and what is it now? Because there's been some changes, haven't there? Yeah, there are changes. It's always changing every year, it seems to shift. At the moment, we're in a sliding scale between the ages of 55 and 60. I think we might have just hit 60, actually, but where you need to have hit what's called your preservation age before you can access your super. So yeah, previously it was 55 and now it's on its way to 60 and... and I mean, really, it's over 60. Unless you've retired at 60, it's really 65 is the magic number before you can start to withdraw your super. 65, I mean, over 60, is um, you can do what's called a transition to retirement, but those rules changed as well a couple of years ago. They're no longer as, as tax favorable as they once were. So people are kind of turning away from transition to retirement and just waiting for um, you know, to hit the age of 60. So uh, 65 is when you can you can withdraw pretty much as much as you want from your super fund. And would you say that this Australian system is, is pretty good and stacks up well compared to what, you know, other countries around the world are offering? Um, well, it depends on where you sit. I mean, if you're looking from the position of the government, yeah, I think it stacks up very well. If you're looking for the position of the person that's actually receiving the money, well, I mean, personally, I'd love to be on, and I never will be because you can't get offered them, but I'd love to be on one of those um, you know, defined benefit government promise schemes that a lot of the, the, the countries around the world offer, you know, purely because it's 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 an end of end of lifestyle product, whereas your accumulation account can run low and run out. So that's the, um, you know, depending on which country you're in and how much they're offering will depend on whether or not you think that the, the systems are better. But yeah, from you know, my shoes, yeah, I'm, I'm um, 
38 accumulation style of super and the the, the, the options available uh, in super for an in accumulation class I think for me with another you know 30 30 years ago until you know I hit retirement I think there's a lot of opportunities there that you can do in a tax concession concessional environment as well so I think they've, they've both got their advantages and disadvantages. That's and if we look at what those options are to the average Australian, aside from that standard retail super fund, what are those other options? We've got there's, – there's two main types of, of super funds in Australia. Well, well three. Um, you've got the, the uh, defined benefit schemes, which we, we covered on briefly there. Um, but the, the two types of funds that most Australians are in are either what are called APRA regulated funds – or ATO regulated funds. So the APRA regulated funds, Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, is the same um, regulatory body that regulates banks and um, insurance companies, and they also regulate super funds. So key APRA regulated funds, you can break that down further, which would be industry funds like Host Plus or Australian Super Rest or retail funds such as AMP, MLC, OnePath. And then you've also got corporate funds under the APRA regulated funds. So they might be like Qantas and Telstra, they're corporate schemes. And then you move into more flexible style APRA regulated super funds, which um, platforms, for example, such as NetWealth and Hub24. On those, those platforms, effectively like a shop for investments where you can go in and trade ASX listed shares, international shares, managed funds, cash, term deposits, and you can shift everything out within the one account, shift everything around and within the one super account and um, and consolidated tax reporting is another you know, key benefit of those style of platforms. And then you can move on to uh, you know, what we what are well known as, well, not well known as, but you can think of them as on-trend super funds, you know, like the spaceships of the world, which you know, are tech-based style um, super funds or Raise, which is an Australian company that do like a roundup style super fund or um, Ethical Super um, is another super fund where, they, as the name suggests, they're looking for you know, corporate responsible responsible entities and you know, green sort of themes. So in summary, they would be your what are called your APRA regulated funds. They're all come under the APRA scheme and they all need an APRA license. But then you move to the other type of super fund, so the third type being an ATO regulated fund and the ATO regulated uh, SMSF fund is a self-managed super fund or an SMSF, and with a with a self-managed super fund, um, you know, comes a lot more you know, flexibility and control, but also has advantages and disadvantages as well. So, they're the, the key super funds that are available out there at the moment um, for people to take a look at. Yeah, what is a self-managed super fund, and how does it differ um, from standard funds? A self-managed super fund, the the key difference with a self-managed super fund, or probably one of the key differences, is that the the structure of the fund itself. So, a self-managed super fund is still governed by the the, the CIS Act, the Superannuation Industry, um, the Industry Act that governs the whole uh, of, of superannuations. The main difference, though, in the legal structure is that you become the trustee of your own fund. So with any APRA regulated fund, you know, Host Plus, AMP, Qantas, NetWealth, whoever it might be, there's a board of directors, you know, say five or 10 people, that effectively control how the fund is run. With an ATO regulated fund, the SMSF, you as the member of the fund 
are also the trustee. So you take on all the trustee responsibilities of running the superannuation trust or the superannuation, superannuation vehicle. And that is the, the very key difference because the members of an SMSF are also the trustees. With an APRA regulated fund, you are a member and there's probably 10,000 other members in that same fund with a different board of directors who, who make the investment the high level investment decisions and um, you know, compliance decisions of the fund. So that, that's probably the main difference between the two. And what that difference allows is for you to have a lot more flexibility over what you invest into. Um, and that's effectively what creates, or the wording as it sounds, that's what creates the, 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 the super fund to be self-managed is because you're making those investment decisions on behalf of the members and the members of yourself. So, yeah, and that's the, that's the key difference between the two. And then, you know, you go into a lot of other areas of, of an SNSF, you know, what, what can you invest into and, and, and things like that as well and, and compliance obligations that come with being a trustee of your SMSF. So there is a lot more work required because you're not only the member of the SMSF, but you're also the trustee. So it sounds like it sounds like with super funds and the APRA approved funds, you're essentially outsourcing the management of it. And with the SMSF, um, you're managing it yourself. That's right. And the, the reason you can manage it yourself is because you also take on that trustee responsibility. That's the important structure to keep in mind. And that's what creates the ability to manage it yourself. With that then, can, can you maybe talk us through some of the options that you've got? Because all of a sudden you're managing this yourself and you've, you've got these options at your fingertips and you're able to invest in what you want to invest in with your SMSF. So the investment universe in an SMSF is, it's kind of, it's very unlimited as to what you can and, and can't buy. There are though, you know, one, one probably key overarching rule um, other than compliance obligations, I'll come to that in regards to reporting, but you need to be able to satisfy what's called the sole purpose test with a self-managed super fund investment strategy. And what that means is that you can't be making investments that are for any other reason other than, for, you know, in, in, in shorthand, saving for your retirement. So, and you, you can't get any personal benefit from the investments you make. You know, a simple example is you couldn't go and buy property down the South Coast, for example, and stay in that property as a holiday house that would be a clear breach of the sole purpose test or you can't lend money to yourself or a related party um, that would be a, a clear breach of the sole purpose test so so long as you're keeping everything at what's known as arm's length then you, you really shouldn't have any issues satisfying that test so keeping that test in mind you can buy listed shares listed and unlisted funds and unit trusts, collectibles you know, such as you know, watches and wine and artwork, direct property developments, crypto, cattle. <laughs> so there's a, um, there's a lot you can buy in SMSF. That's one of the reasons when I speak to people about self-managed super funds, and I have one, I set one up a few years ago and I've really enjoyed, you know, using my SMSF for diversifying my portfolio and I found it really interesting. And the reasons I found it interesting and in being able to diversify my portfolio, and you mentioned cattle and that's something that I've done through my SMSF and, you know, other people find that side of it a little bit too full on, a little bit daunting, and that's the reason that they don't want to go down that path because, 
you know, they think, oh, that's, it's too much information, it's too much to do. So that's why this maybe isn't for some people because there is a little bit to take on. There is a little bit of information that you need to, you know, look into. So I think that's something to mention that perhaps, you know, you do. there is a bit of reliance on you to make sure that you're doing the right thing and it, it may not be for everybody. Uh, spot on, Tracy. Um, with the self-managed super fund there is a lot of reporting and rules that you need to be aware of and know how they work and being the trustee of the smsf as well as the member you're ultimately responsible to make sure that you 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 follow those rules um that you can't there's not really anyone else you can blame in an smsf other than the, the trustee so when comparing it to an apra regulated fund you know the industry funds or the corporate funds or the retail funds you're only the member, so you can actually sit back and do nothing if you really wanted to. I mean, you, obviously, the, the government and everybody encourages you to keep an eye on it, but if you don't want to do anything, you don't have to do anything. With an SMSF, it's completely the opposite. You're hands-on with an SMSF. You are knowing what's going on. You're yeah. following your investment strategy, yeah. knowing what the rules are. So, so that, that, is a, that would be one yeah. of the, the, the things to keep in mind when running an SMSF. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. But is there anything that you can't invest in? Like can, if I had an SMSF, could I go put it all into leverage future contracts and, you know, to see how it goes? <laughs> um, it's funny you can't. I mean, one of, the, one of the key advantages of an SMSF is that you can't gear it. So you can apply gearing um, to, a, to an asset within an SMSF that opens up a whole another area of, of SMSF and, and, and lending rules. But the long and the short of it is yes and no. I mean, you can and you can't be too aggressive because you've got an investment strategy that needs to make sense. And if you falling, if your investment strategy is to go and put, you know, a hundred times leverage over a CFD or something like that, then you're probably going to fall foul of not being a responsible trustee rules. So that's the one that will probably get you rather than the sole purpose test or um, yeah, the, the, the borrowing rules or anything like that because you can borrow, but you'll find that you're probably not being a responsible trustee if you go and, and, and blow it all on a, on a hundred times leverage down the position, which, which, which would probably wouldn't be good. No, that makes perfect sense. So um, good to hear um, that there's those things in place. <laughs> So just following on from that, just um, elaborate a little further on the benefits and disadvantages of an FSMSF and maybe as well touch on, you know, the compliance burden. Yeah, for sure. So the key main benefits would be the flexibility in what you can invest into. I think that's probably the overarching benefit, really, that most people, you know, 90% of people, I'd say, would be setting up an SMSF because they get to they get access to investments that they can't get access to within an APRA regulated fund. So, as I mentioned, you know, property, shares, you know, unlisted investments, collectibles, watches, wine, etc., cryptocurrencies. You can't get direct exposure to those through an APRA fund. I mean, you might get a, a residual exposure through you know, some other entity that the the APRA regulated fund invests into. You know, they might invest into a a development project you know i know that cbus for example does a lot of development projects so you are getting property exposure through cbus but you're not getting the the direct exposure that a lot of people like with an smsf an smsf can also have lower fees uh, as looking at the benefit really depends on what your fee structure is and what you're paying and what your balance is you know for example if you had a million dollars in your fund and you're paying um you know two thousand dollars a year to run the fund versus $100,000 in your fund and you're still paying $2,000 in your fund where you're paying 2% versus two basis points really is the difference there. So it's if you've got a higher balance, the fees can be much, much lower. Um, whereas in an APRA regulated fund, you've usually got the same 
uh, MER or management expense ratio or administration fees as a percentage, whether you've got $100,000 in there or a million dollars in there. So often SMSF have a, a, fixed, um, a fixed fee. So the more money that you've got in there, the, you know, the, the cheaper the fund gets. So if you, another advantage is that you see a lot of husband and wives or, or um, you can have that now up to six members in the one super fund. So you know, the fees are still around you know, that sort of number per year. Um, you're obviously splitting the fees between six of you effectively. So that's another advantage there. Conversely, on the, on the other side um, is the disadvantage of an SMS that can be you know, much more expensive. You know, if you've only got, say, $20,000 in the SMSF and you're paying $2,000 a year in, in fees and you've, you've, you're kind of um, you're spending 10% of your fund balance each year just on, on the fees to run the fund. So, so fees can be a positive or it can be a negative on that side. Another benefit with an SMSF is you can control your tax a lot more with an SMSF as well. With an APRA-regulated fund, what you'll see is, let's say your employer puts in $1,000 into your super fund, the tax rate on an SMSF contribution is 15%. So when you look into your, you'll see $1,000 come off your pay slip, but only $850 go into your, into your bank account. That's because the trustee at that point in time takes the 15% tax and withholds it. With a SMSF, the whole thousand dollars goes into your, your SMSF key bank account, and you know, it might might be twelve to eighteen months later that you actually have to pay the tax on that uh, contribution. So you've got the benefit uh, when, you know, when you lodge your tax returns for the fund. So you've got the benefit of having that extra fifteen percent as well to invest with you know, for twelve to eighteen months. And the tax rate is the same for SMSF and an APRA a fund. Yes, it is. Yeah. So fifteen percent is the, the the general revenue tax. Um, there are capital gains tax provisions as well for an SMSF. If you, it's, it runs on a similar vein to a, a CGT discount that you can get in your personal name. But if you hold the asset for less than 12 months and you sell it, you pay 15% tax. If you hold it for more than 12 months, then you get a 33% discount on that tax to take the, the CGT rate to 10% on the disposal. When you reach your preservation age or pension phase, then um, you know, it's the same with an APRA fund as well. Everything can um, convert to 0% tax at that point. If, if you're in pension phase, though, contributions are still taxed at 15% is one thing that people often forget. So it is a, um, it, the, the tax rates are the same across um, both areas of you know, APRA or um, ATO regulated funds. But you can actually add a little bit more into your super? Yeah, you can. Um, you can. And that's, that's, you can, the, the same contributions rules apply whether you're in a normal APRA regulated fund or if, you, if you're in a self managed super fund. Um, so you know, it's now $27,500 per year um, that you put in for most people or $110,000, which is a, you know, what's called a concessional contribution, or $110,000 this year now as a um, uh, what's called a non-concessional contribution and there's not to go into too much detail about this now unless you wanted to explore it further but there's things called the carry forward rule and the bring forward rule where you can actually get more money in than you might think into super if you if you know where the rules are. I want to go ahead and ask about so if we do want to actually set up a self-managed super fund you know what what is involved there but kind of this leads into a little bit but there's a lot of people talking now about um, moving from their um, industry funds to self-managed because of this whole you know ethical super funds and you know looking at what their you know what their funds are doing as far as fossil fuels and that kind of thing are you hearing a little bit more around that narrative? We do yeah it um I think you're hearing it on both sides of the fence, though. I mean, you're seeing a lot of industry groups, you know, lobbying groups, pressuring the big super funds as well. And I, I can't remember from the head, but there was a—I'm pretty sure there was a case where 
in, it went through the courts about two years ago where uh, I think it was Australian Super. Well, someone sued the, the um, big super fund because they didn't take into account uh, climate change and things like that in, in their investment strategy. Yeah. And that. So it's getting a lot of push from everywhere. Um, with an SMSF, you can obviously you know, make that decision right now. I mean, it's because you're the trustees. You can decide what you invest into. So you, you can control that straight away and do your own research about you know, what you think a good ethical investment is and, and you, can, you can make that change straight away. So we are seeing movement there, but you're seeing, you are seeing movement on both sides. So if someone's th- hearing this and thinking, yeah, look, this, is, this sounds like it's for me, I want to go ahead and, and, and set up an SMSF, exactly how do they go about doing that? So you need to, I mean, the first thing I'd always say to people is that before you set up an SMSF, you, you really want to know what you're going to, and what you want to do. And that's what is called the investment strategy. There's almost zero, well, I mean, in 96, 7% of cases, there's, there's no point in setting up an SMSF unless you know what to do with it. If you sit it just in cash, when you roll over your funds into the SMSF and it sits in cash, you're going to be burning, you're going to be burning money. I mean, there's not a lot of point in doing that. I mean, if you really wanted to sit it in cash, you can do that through the APRA funds as well. So um, where, you, where your fees would likely be lower, depending on your balance, of course. So once you know what you want to do, then you need to you know, find someone that knows how to set it up. Obviously, you know, C2 Super can do that sort of work. But you need to, there's a couple of decisions you need to make at that point. You know, are you going to use an individual trustee? Or are you going to use a corporate trustee, for example? And these are things that you would want to have a, a talk to somebody about. The ATO needs to be notified and obviously an ABN needs to be applied for. And if you're using a, a company, then the company needs to be registered with ASIC. And, and then you need to set up the bank accounts, um, you know, have the, get, the, well, get the trust deed in place and then set up the bank accounts and, and, and do the rollovers and, and instruct your employer to make the contributions into the account. And then probably one thing that a lot of people don't remember is um, you know, a lot of people have insurance within their current APRA regulated funds. So you do need to turn your attention to your insurance to make sure that you don't accidentally cancel your insurance in your APRA fund and um, realise you know, two years down the track when you need it that you don't actually have any insurance in the SMSF. So that's step by step. It Usually a good administration firm will be able to you know, just guide you through all those steps and make it as simple as possible for you and, and get it all up and running. But it takes... It takes about four to six weeks, I think, to uh, you know, roughly to, to, to get um, the SMSF started from the day you start to the day that the funds are actually available in the account. It is getting quicker these days um, you know, with the new super stream on rollovers, which is a, came out last October. A lot of the APRA funds are le- allowing uh, electronic rollovers to the SMSFs. But go back 12 months ago, um, what used to happen is the SMSF was set up, and that might only take a few hours to set up the SMSF and the trustee and things. But... The ABN, if the ATO holds up the ABN, you know, it can take up to 28 days for the ATO to release the ABN. And you can't set up the bank account or do the rollovers till you have the ABN. But you go back a year ago, the ABN would come and what you'd have to physically do is post the rollover form to the, you know, the APRA regulated fund. And then they'd send you a check and you have to take the check to the bank and deposit it in the bank. So that's kind of how you get to the four to six week sort of time frame. But it is becoming much quicker with the, elect- the digitization of the rollovers. Um, which is making it a lot faster. You know, potentially, where would you find one of these administrators to help you set an SMSF up? Um, yeah, you can Google them, obviously, or you can come and talk to us. There's another another option at C2 Super, and I think our contact details will be on on the bottom of this podcast if you want to send an email through or get in touch. Yeah, we'll pop them in the show notes below. Yep. Uh, but there's a lot of them around. Um, you know, it all comes down to the service that you want, and the, the fee that you're willing to pay, because. Um, as you, as you can tell, there's a lot of hands-on 
uh, technical expertise that's required um, to run an SMSF. Um, So anyone wanting to set up an SMSF with crypto in mind, um, specifically, what would they need to consider first? It comes back to the investment strategy and also the sole purpose test. I mean, you can't, one thing we probably haven't covered off, it's very difficult with with doing crypto and an SMSF when it comes to reporting. Reporting causes 99% of the issues that we see in our SMSFs with the auditor. And it comes back to one of the trustee responsibilities of running an SMSF is that the trustee of the SMSF at a high level needs to be able to provide accurate and audited member balances to the members. So you're giving a report to yourself effectively each 30th of June each year. So if you cannot prove the value or that the SMSF owns that asset at 30 June, then you're going to have a breach in your SMSF. So you need to find a platform or a program that provides you with provides you as the SMSF trustee with accurate annual reporting. And it's not just a spreadsheet, a CSV spreadsheet with a thousand transactions that's run through some computer. It needs to be a proper a proper report um, that that the auditor can rely on, because the auditor of an SMSF is 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 on your side. The SMSF trustee appoints the auditor to make sure the financials the financials and tax returns that are produced by the, the, the accountant, for example, are accurate. And they're auditing the the audit the accountant's work to say to the trustee, yes, these are accurate. But then they've got the responsibility on the other side to the ATO to report any breaches to the ATO. So they work both sides. But predominantly the actual SMSF trustee engages the auditor, not the accountant. So that, that's probably the key thing. Where we see this come unstuck often is the use the, the, the accountants and the auditors, they're just up not up to date with things such as cold wallets. They cold wallets cause a huge amount of issues with SMSFs um, because you can't prove the ownership or not very easily without a you know a, a blockchain trail of, of numbers and codes and things which is one of the key requirements of an SMSF trustee to be able to report to the members what assets they're holding. If they can't prove that the SMSF owns that asset because it's on a USB stick in their backpack at work, then you've got an issue with with your audit, which will probably get reported to the ATO. So the key thing I've always seen is if you're going to do crypto, keep it on a platform that has SMSF experience. But I mean, it's obviously up to you as a trustee, but preferably don't shift it off that platform into some other sort of algorithmic trading program or or cold wallet because it always causes issues with the auditor and it doesn't seem to be getting any yeah for sure sure. you know doing things like DeFi um could become complicated very quickly um if you're putting your smsf funds into um into smart contracts but but certainly you know we've paid a lot of attention to making sure that the reporting you know can be accepted and and you're leveraged by auditors for that you know reporting at the end of financial year there wouldn't be so much of an issue if you know in your personal name you don't have to have unless the ATO audits you, you don't actually have to have you know, an audited financials or anything like that. The issue that always causes a problem is the auditing process in the SMSF. So being able to prove that ownership isn't that important in your own name. If you're happy having the USB stick in your in your backpack, for example, that's fine. It's just a different 
vehicle with different rules in an SMSF and that's what causes the issues. So I think with, you know, anyone looking to set up an SMSF with crypto in mind specifically, you, there is a bit to consider. You need to make sure that you've got your, you know, your portfolio planned correctly, your account set up right and make sure that your reporting is correctly. So you really do need to make sure you find the correct platform to do that in. So well, there was one one other key thing which we often see people do incorrectly with um, with crypto is um, not not actually setting up the account in the name of the self managed super fund. You'll, you'll find that they will sometimes set it up in their, their personal name, you know, John Smith, instead of you know, John Smith Super Fund. It's a simple mistake, but some, you know, especially if you're looking overseas crypto and other platforms outside of Australia that don't recognise what a self managed super fund is as an entity then you've got issues again trying to prove ownership at, at, at 30 June and also mixing assets with your personal assets is another issue that comes up with, with crypto a lot. I think that's actually been a lot of information for everyone to take on today. But yeah, I think we have cleared up a lot on the topic and it's all about education and understanding the potential. And I think, like we said earlier, this may not be for everyone, um, but I think it's great to understand that the the options that you do have out there and it's best to speak to a specialist for um, SMSF brokers and I think we'll put some um, details we definitely will put some details in the show notes below and it's best to speak to someone who can answer those questions for you but look a very big thank you to you John for um, spending some time with us today to answer our questions and clear a few things up for us we appreciate you giving us the time. You're welcome thank you. I really loved that interview and it was a great conversation with John, someone who's recently in the last few years gone through and set up my own SMSF. I found it really interesting. And if you have an SMSF and set one up already and you are looking for exposure into crypto, then it's worth looking into the Bamboo app. So Bamboo has made it possible for you to diversify your investment strategy to include Bitcoin, Ethereum, gold or silver, which are the only assets that we offer on the platform. Now, we supply all the relevant reporting for audit and compliance purposes, which John mentioned earlier. And the app is safe and secure. And the best thing is it'll only take you a few minutes to set up your SMSF or trust account. It's really simple. Yeah, that's exactly right. And even if you don't have an SMSF, it's pretty easy to set one up. And we'll leave some details in the show notes of John and some others that we work with that help people um, you know, set up their SMSF for this purpose. So we hope you've taken away a few new bits of information today. Now, obviously not as sexy as an NFT episode, but still necessary nonetheless. We'll leave you guys with some links in the show notes below. And if you think we missed anything, email us on podcast at getbamboo.io and we'll get in touch with John with any further questions that we may have missed. And another quick reminder, do your own research. Your own personal situation is different with everyone else's. So, um, Take your time and do your own research. Please do join us next week when we go back full crypto and we are talking NFTs again next week when we go back to our NFT series and that one's all about gaming. So, yes, please do join us again next week. So until then, we still want to know what you want to know about crypto. So please keep emailing us on that email, podcast at getbamboo.io. All those details are in the show notes below and don't forget to rate and review us in your podcast app. Thanks again for listening and join us all next episode. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. 
Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In a spirit of reconciliation, EquityMates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.